When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, good Thursday evening, everybody. Welcome back to The Porch. It is a VolQuest baseball podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kane. And don't worry, don't worry. Back by the most popular demand, Luke Lipsy is coming up in a matter of moments. Going to talk to you here for a couple of minutes, get you set for the weekend, the start of the 2024 Tennessee baseball season at the Shriners Children's College Showdown. That's going to be in Arlington, Texas at Globe Life Field. So I really, really can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, we got Luke Lipsy coming back, VFL, former. Tennessee first baseman um, Tony Vitello will continue to call him a 46 year old in, in media appearances when talking about the first base position and referencing Luke Lipsius. A lot of good stuff from Luke coming up here later in the show. But first, I do want to give some shout outs and, and a big thank you again for welcoming on um, Spivey King and Spivey LLP uh, for being a part of this podcast. Again, the porch is presented by once again, our friends Spivey King and Spivey LLP. They can be your friends as well. We're talking about Tennessee versus the NCAA, and we're talking about court hearings and whatnot. And you know they specialize in this, not necessarily going up against the NCAA, but you got a problem, they're going to find a solution for you. TN trial lawyers, they specialize in criminal defense, family law, and personal injuries. Examples can be DUI, homicide, assault, uh, personal injuries such as car wrecks, accidents, um, divorce, custody, alimony, parental rights, whatever the case may be. Spivey King and Spivey LLP, they can help you. They have over 80 combined years of experience. And um, they're in the you know primarily practicing in Northeast Tennessee, but you know they can help you if you give them a call today. They'll give you a free consultation at four two three two four five four one eight five, and you can go visit them online at spivykingandspivylop.com. So again, for the second year in a row, Spivey King and Spivey LLP want to be a part of this, and I can't thank them enough. Good people, big old Vol fans, and um, they're, uh, uh, they're they're wanting to help you if you have that need. So here we are. Can you believe it? The start of the 2024 campaign is here. My second year covering Tennessee baseball on the hashtag beat. Um, had a blast last year. Uh, got a lot of hate because Tennessee started five and ten, and you know you switch up from Ben, you go to Kane. Uh, you know already that's a downgrade in many's eyes, and that's fair. Um, ben does amazing work, um, but you know Tennessee's five and ten. I said, hey, just be patient, just be patient. Let's see what this team can do. And, well, you know, Tennessee goes to Omaha. First year, me covering the team. Nah, um, I had literally nothing to do with it. There were some ball players last year. And there's some ball players on this year's team as well. So I'm pumped to uh, to, to, to get after it. And I'm going to be in Arlington. I'm going to be at Globe Life Field this weekend. So I'm going to bring you coverage. Um, everything over VolQuest.com. We'll have a game thread going throughout the game. And I have quick takes after how it happened, all that and more post-game video. And all that. Hopefully, I'll get some exclusives throughout the weekend. So, uh, all that coverage is going to be over at VolQuest.com. Um, just like with any single, any, any team, any year entering the season, there's questions. Um, Tennessee's pitching's got to prove it. <laughs> we've been spoiled as Tennessee fans. We've been spoiled as media covering this Tennessee foot baseball program because not every year do you have a set one, two, three. Tennessee not only had a set one, two, three each of the past two seasons. They had a set one, two, three, and then 
4-5. They could move into that 1-2-3 weekend rotation with ease. I mean, Cannon Sewell has proven throughout his career that he could be a starter for Tennessee. He's gone now. Seth Halverson uh, proved that he could be a starter in his career in the Southeastern Conference. He's gone now. Of course, we know Chase Burns transferred out to, to Wake Forest. We're not going to talk about that here on this podcast. Andrew Lindsay started in the bullpen, moved to the Friday night role. He's gone and was drafted by the Marlins and was traded, I believe, to the, to the uh, Mariners, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Chase Dolander drafted in the top 10, number eight overall to the Colorado Rockies, so he's gone. My point is, and Blake Tidwell, of course, a couple years ago was with the Mets. My point is, Tennessee has had the luxury of proven veteran arms and you just didn't have enough space for him. Well, this year, I think Tennessee's got a lot of firepower. Don't get me wrong, but it's very much unproven. You have Drew Beam coming back, and he's going to lead this starting rotation for Tennessee. He will pitch on Saturday night. Um, it became more and more evident in my eyes. I think I made a note on the board, or somebody might have asked me, like, hey, coming off the pizza series, and the pizza series is the final scrimmage, the final inter-squad scrimmage weekend before the opening season. That's was last weekend. And I think somebody asked me, like, hey, you know, what do you think the, the order will be now? And I, I said, you know, just because I don't know, I mean, I would still say beam on Friday, but it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if it's A.J. Russell. Because A.J. Russell was dealing. A.J. Russell got some run on that fastball. It's getting up in the you know mid to, mid to upper 90s last weekend. It looked really, really good. And he's, he's a four-pitch guy now. He's got a slider. I, I had to sit down and, and spoke with him off the record couple of weeks ago when they were just kind of getting back into things and um he he feels really good about his repertoire and he's grown and he's um he was patient last year and and he's ready to go and he looked incredible in the pizza series easily the best pitcher Tennessee had all weekend so AJ Russell is going to get the start on Friday and I knew because they pitched both Russell and Beam on Friday of last week in the pizza series I knew they were kind of seeing all right which one's going to go Friday which one's going to go Saturday now that became pretty evident so Beam's going to go on Saturday and Tony Vitello said stability stability that's what you get in Drew Beam you know what you're going to get every single time and you and you want to let these guys know what day they're going to pitch ahead of time and I can't wait to see what Drew Beam does on Saturday moving off for the first time in his career from the Sunday role and I think that's going to be okay. I know a lot of people, shout out Sam Smith, I know, and I get it. I know a lot of people are saying, well, don't move, don't mess with things. We saw what happened with Dolander last year. I mean, I hear you, but when you have 30.1 innings outside of Drew Beam coming back to your quote-unquote starting rotation, and A.J. Russell wasn't even a part of that starting rotation last year, I don't think you can afford to keep Drew Beam on Sundays. That's just my opinion. I mean, there's value there. I, I recognize that. And and I will say this, moving him from – moving him – or starting him on Friday or Saturday, it would be easy to slide him back to Sunday if you needed. Now, if you would have started him on Sundays, it would have been pretty tough to move him up to Friday or Saturday. Uh, you'd have to do it slowly uh, compared to sliding him back, if that makes sense. So um, I can't wait to see what uh, what Drew Beam does in QB1 and as he continues um, his pedigree here at Tennessee. And, of course, this is draft year for him and draft year for a lot of other guys. And though Tony Vitello would not confirm it, and I, I, when I spoke with Luke, and you'll hear in a moment, um, this was before I, I knew the plan. Um, and so I said, I think it's going to be Xander Seacrest. Well, um, though Tony Vitello wouldn't confirm it, sources tell me and sources have told me for days now, it's going to be Xander. And Tony you know, kind of said, well, you know, we don't know. We might want to use you know, people. He was talking about Xander, you know. You might want to use Xander um, it's at points in times on Friday or Saturday night. Um, you know, and, and depending on if you use him, maybe he won't be – or these pitchers won't be available to start on Sunday. And, you know, with all due respect to Xander, um, you know, what what spot on Friday or Saturday are you going to go to Xander out of the bullpen when you have 
a, a plethora of lefties, you know, at your disposal this year, whereas last year you didn't. I just think it makes sense to keep Xander there and start him this weekend. And, and sources tell me that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, it's important to keep in mind, pitch counts are going to be low, all right? You're not going to see anybody throw a complete game. <laughs> you're not going to see anybody likely going to the seventh inning. If you're absolutely dealing, maybe you'll go into the sixth and the seventh. But pitch counts are going to be low, so there's going to be some piggybacks. I expect Derek Schaefer to come out of the pen heavily this weekend. When I say heavily, I mean ride a couple innings if he's looking good. Maybe Matthew Dallas. Of course, you know A.J. Causey is going to be there. Of course, you know Nate Sneed's going to be there. Aaron Combs towards the back end of the bullpen. You've got some of these young guys, Luke Payne, Dylan Loy, um, Braden Sharp potentially. You know, We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm excited to see what this, how this pitching kind of comes together. And it's not going to be a finished product. We know that. Now, I would expect, you know, you got two midweeks coming up. I'd expect Derek Schaefer to get one of those starts in the midweek. But Derek Schaefer and Matthew Dallas will be hunting down starts as, as the year goes along. That's my prediction. But uh, I'm rooting for Xander, and I know a lot of people here are, and I'm excited. And he was talking about having four pitches in his, in his repertoire, having a cutter, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Look at the starting lineup. Uh, newbies to the quote-unquote starting lineup. Dylan Drowland's going to be in left field. Enough said. I mean, he could have started last year, probably. Uh, really, really good player. Excited to see what he can do. He'll be at the top of the order, in my opinion. Hunter Inslee will be in center field. He's a returner. Kavars Tier is going to get the start in right field. I do believe Reese Chapman's going to play some this year. I do. Um, and I do believe Robin Villanuev is going to play some this year in the outfield as well. I do. Uh, but those will kind of be your three guys in the outfield. Around the horn on the infield, you got Blake Burke, who finished the pizza series strong, which is good. Um, at third base, transfer from Clemson, Billy Amick, who I think has potential to be the best player on this team. And then the middle infield, we know about the injury concerns. Um, Ariel Antigua, who is likely destined to be the starting shortstop as a true freshman, um, out with a thumb injury for a couple weeks. Uh, you had Alex Perry, who was in the running, hamstring issue. Dean, uh, Dean Curley, freshman, who was coming on strong, taking advantage of all the injuries. He was out sideline with a hamstring injury. Sounds like both Perry, and I can speak on Perry. I mean, he played in the pizza series. He played in the field at third base, and he was hitting uh, for the last two weeks. Sounds like Perry and both Dean Curley are really close to returning. Now, we could probably see Perry play at some point this season, at some point this weekend. I would be curious, though, if he'd be in the middle infield, trying to kind of ease him back into the field. Now, he's more of a third baseman, Alex Perry from JUCO. More of a third baseman is built is very much a third baseman, but he can play the middle infield. And with Tennessee continue trying to search for a shortstop to replace Maui Ahuna, you know, all options were on the table. So uh, because of the injuries, um, the last two weeks or so, it's been pretty much every rep, at least that I've seen, and especially in the pizza series, it was Christian Moore at shortstop and Brad Key Lowry, another Juco product at second base. Brad Key's more of a second baseman. Of course, we know Christian Moore. We know how he's built. We know his athleticism. Um, he looked good in the pizza series. Um, he did. And, um, you know, we'll see exactly what he looks like in live ball action. But uh, that's what I'm expecting the majority of this weekend to look like. Simo at short and Brad Key Lowry at second base. Now behind the plate. Everybody's pumped about Canaan Peatables, and you should. Dude, scorched earth in the pizza series. By the bottom of the second inning in game two, he had already homered three times in the pizza series. Dude's a hitter, and dude's going to be in that lineup even when he's not behind the plate, in my opinion, majority of the time. Um, Cannon Peebles will be your starting catcher, in my opinion. But I will tell you this, and I've, I've said this for weeks, and people are probably getting tired of, tired of me saying it, Cal Stark is going to catch this year for Tennessee. In my opinion, Tony even said this on, on Wednesday's media session, Cal Stark's going to grab a star behind the plate at some point this weekend. Now, it is of my opinion that Cannon Peebles will be a designated hitter when that happens. Cal Stark, 
controls the staff well, works with the staff well. He's good behind the plate. Remember, Cannon Peebles only caught nine games as a true freshman last year at NC State. He was plugged in at DH the entire year, was a freshman All-American, All-ACC and all that. But 39 of his starts, I believe, came at DH, and nine of his other starts came behind the plate. Uh, but he's working, and he's going to catch a lot, but, but Cal Starr's going to catch too as well, in my opinion. Um, so that's kind of the quote-unquote starters, if you will. Again, I mentioned Antigua, Perry coming back from injury. I mentioned Reese Chapman. Dalton Barger is going to be utility. He will be a DH. He will be corner outfield. He can play corner infield, in my opinion. He will come off the bench. Dalton Barger is going to be a Swiss Army knife for Tennessee this year. Can't wait to see what he looks like. He was the DH in all three of the games for the pizza series, but I would remind you that Cannon Peoples was on the other team. Um, so... You know, it's not just cut and dry. He'd be your DH. He might be um, for game one if Cal Stark were to be behind the play, but uh, Cannon Peebles was on the other team. Uh, Robin Villanueva, backup first base. You got so many options. We'll talk to Luke about this here in a moment. You got so many options at first base this year if, if Blake Burke were to struggle. Um, but Blake Burke ended the pizza series well. So much potential. He looks a lot better. Um, now you can tell he's dropped some weight. And, um, man, if he uh, he's just got so much raw talent. And um, I'm excited to see the steps he's taken um, over the offseason. So, yeah, that's kind of a, a look at um, kind of the main contributors, if you will. And uh, I'm excited to see what it looks like. Quickly, a, a quick little overview. And uh, tomorrow I'll have a, a written preview of the weekend. But quickly, Texas Tech, on paper, it's easier as the weekend goes on. But that's why you play the game. You don't play on paper. Texas Tech, number 21 in the polls, according to D1 Baseball. Uh, you've got... Um, Preseason pick number four in the Big 12 poll. You've got 41 and 23, 12 and 12 in Big 12 play last year. It was uh, about out in the Gainesville Regional after t taking down Florida once. Tennessee last met Texas Tech in, in the Round Rock Classic back in 2020, beat them 6 to 2. Uh, getting the start against Tennessee will be a righty by the name of Kyle Robinson. Uh, he's 1 and 1 in 18 appearances last year where he started five games, an ERA north of five at 536. 45 innings in the third, 45 strikeouts, 19 walks. He will get the start against Tennessee. Some bats to be on the lookout for. Kevin Basil, catcher, moving over from third base. He had 348 last year. 62 ribbies, 10 home runs. Um, Gavin Cash is a slugger. 326 at the plate last year. 26 home runs, 84 RBI. So those are some guys to be on the lookout for. Oklahoma, preseason pick to finish seventh in the... Or six tied for six in the Big 12 rankings. They were 32 and 28 last year, 11 and 13 in Big 12 play. They were in the Charlottesville Regional. Um, last time Tennessee played Oklahoma and Baylor, who I'll get to in a moment, was in the uh, Shriners Showdown in 2022 when it was in Houston. Beat Oklahoma eight to nothing. Beat Baylor ten to five. Um, Getting the start against Tennessee on Saturday, it's been listed that right-hander Braden Gritton will get the start. Um, he's a Texas Tech transfer, ironically. He was sitting 97-98 in the fall with his fastball. Control was an issue for him last year. In 50.2 innings pitched, he had a 586 ERA, 31 walks. 31 walks, so... Dang near almost a walk and inning. I know not quite, but it's it's pretty close. So Brandon Gritton looks like he's going to get the start against Tennessee on Saturday. He is a righty. And some names to be on the lookout for. John Spikerman. Um, he's a speedster towards the top of the order. Catcher Easton 
Carmichael, just a solid player, 300 hitter, six home runs, 48 RBI last year, eight doubles. Uh, Bryson Madron, 12 home runs, 51 RBI. Um, he'll be in the, the middle of the order as an outfielder. And then you look at Baylor. Baylor struggled last year, 20 and 35, 6 and 18 in Big 12 play. Preseason pick number 12 in the Big 12 conference. Um, don't know who's going to start against Tennessee for Baylor because this will be on Sunday. But you got Mason Marriott, who's going to be starting one of these games. Colin McKimmy, who's coming off Tommy John surgery. Jared Manson, who could potentially be a guy that throws against Tennessee. We just don't know yet. It really just depends. It's TBD for them as well. It really just depends on the weekend. And, and some guys to look out for in that lineup for Baylor. Hunter, gosh, I don't even know how to say his name. Telepinski, <laughs> a 308 hitter, six home runs, 34 ribbies last year, 10 doubles as well. Um, Jack Little, transfer from Wichita State, and Enzo Abadakata. Yeah, I tried really hard there. Gonzaga uh, last year, a couple of transfers to that Baylor lineup. So, again, I'll have I'll have all this written on the site for tomorrow, but without further ado, let's get into Luke Lipsius. All right, uh, back by popular demand, former Tennessee first baseman Luke Lipsius joins the porch as Tennessee heads down to the Shriners Showdown in Arlington, Texas. All right, I lied. I, I, I got to get some props real quick. 60 seconds to my buddies over at Spivey King and Spivey LLP. Three partners, Matthew J, Matthew A. Spivey, uh, J. Matt King, and Richard A. Spivey. You got a problem, let them find a solution for you. It's a TN trial lawyers again. They specialize in criminal defense, such as family law and personal injury. Examples of that can be DUI, homicide assault, uh, divorce, custody, alimony, parental rights, personal injuries such as car wrecks, accidents, and more. Have over 80 years of combined experience and Spivey King Spivey LLP provides representation throughout the state and federal courts of Northeast Tennessee. The firm has a vast amount of trial experience. Practice has been in place for 43 years with this specific partnership forming in 2012, while also having partners who were energized and ready for today's modern legal demands. Practicing primarily in Northeast Tennessee, the Tri-Cities of Sullivan County, as well as Hawkins County, Washington County, and surrounding areas, the firm has... Uh, multiple awards and attorneys who are rated by super lawyers in the Mid-South with real trial experience. Whether you're injured in a car accident, need a divorce, help with custody of your children, or have been accused of a crime, Spivey King and Spivey LLP is there to help you. 142 Cherokee Street, Kingsport, Tennessee, 423-245-4185 for a free consultation or online at SpiveyKingandSpiveyLLP.com. Now we get to co-host of the porch. That is Luke Lipsius. Uh, good to see you again. Can't believe it's already baseball season. I know a lot of people leading up to the season kept asking, like, hey, is Luke coming back? Is Luke going to be on the porch? And I'm like, I think. Let me let, let me check. But, <laughs> but uh, man, I appreciate you being back and uh, doing this another season. And I can't believe the season is already here. Yeah, I can't either. It's been uh, it's been way too long. I've been uh, licking my chops be watching the balls again. And uh, I feel good about being back here. You know, I uh, I, got, I, I got a lot to – to say about the Vols, and you know it's going to be a, a cool year. I think um, we've almost never seen this this kind of team in the Vitello era. I guess we can dive into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Got a lot of new guys, and um, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into it right now. When you say we haven't really seen this type of team in the Vitello, at least what we think this type of team is going to be. Of course, you know. They can go out there and play and, and they can prove us wrong or something. But what do you mean by that, this type of team? So it's a team that is primarily a younger core. You know, it's the the real core group of guys. They're all juniors. You do have a little bit of leadership in 
and the redshirt juniors that they just got an extra year of playing. But still, you know, that three years of baseball experience is where you're at. And with Fatello and company, you know, the last time we saw that was that COVID year when all of us were coming up as juniors and then, you know, it got cut short. So who's to say what we were going to do? But the past couple of years, Vitello's had the luxury of having a self-coached team. And I think we see it last year where this younger group of guys have to find their own without the leadership that they've had to lean on. And so um, what I like about this team, though, <clears throat> is the new guys coming in. Um, I've heard nothing but good stuff from around the block. And then you also got a group of guys that knows what it's like to be humbled, but also knows what it's like to win. So, you know, it's I think it's a really good dynamic that they have going on. They brought in a, a lot of good transfers. Um, so it's, it's going to be a, a pretty electric season. I can't wait to see how they vibe on the field. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Of course, all that starts this Friday in Arlington at Globe Life Field. And of course, we'll be there to cover for it. Uh, over at VolQuest.com. Uh, Tony Vitello, it's funny you mentioned, you know, self-coached teams, essentially. Uh, Tony Vitello was uh, on, on a radio show on Sunday, and he, he pretty much said, hey, if if me and, and Frank Anderson and Josh Ian Lander, if we all had to go out recruiting one day, and I turned it over and said, hey, Cal Stark, hey, Charlie Taylor, coach this team today. I, I have no worries. And, I mean, you know, Cal's only been here a year. This is going on a second year in the program. Chuck's been here like four years. But mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really big testament just to – know that you have those type of guys and and the culture is obviously where you want to be because the leadership's where you want to be. I, I thought that comment was pretty telling. I mean, we all make the jokes like, oh yeah, Charlie's been here, you know, Chuck's been here for a decade and all that. But for a coach to say, maybe it was in jest, but to say like, hey, if we went away and just said these two guys are going to coach the team, we wouldn't have any issues at all. I thought that was a, a pretty telling comment. Yeah, no, that's a, and it takes a lot of pressure off the coaching staff. You know, yeah. v, uh, V's first year, I don't think he ever took a breath. It seemed like he was just pent up the whole time. Uh, but, you know, as, as the years go on, he, he implements his system. And it's a product of the system that he implements. You know, you got we, we're taught so much discipline and, and focusing on little things that the longer you're in the program, you just learn how to do things right, how to do things their way. Um, and that's what you see with with guys like um, like Chuck and then a guy uh, who adopted it real quick in, in Stark. Luke, tell me about, you mentioned these uh, transfers, and, and of course, you know, Cannon Peebles, Billy Amick, you got Nate Sneed, A.J. Causey, Chris Stamos, um, you know, a couple others as well. Um, what, what have you heard about these guys, and what do you think that they're going to bring, you know, to the team? I know that uh, it's not, you know, the fall is about trying to get integrated into the culture, into the clubhouse and all that. Um, I know it doesn't happen overnight, but outside of, Billy Amick arguably being one of the better players in the SEC, Cannon Peebles arguably being maybe one of the better players in the SEC. You know, what are these guys, what have you heard of these guys? What do you, what about their games do you like that they're bringing to Tennessee? Well, I like that they're bringing um, some big game experience. You know, we're not talking about uh, Juco transfers. We're talking about guys that have come from, from big name programs. So they know what it's like to compete in front of a good crowd to compete in front of real pressure. Um, and so, you know, we, we they're, they're also not just um, younger guys. They're, it's a good talent. It's a good mix of, of talent. You know, he didn't bring in five uh, middle infielders. Um, there's, there's just a lot to like about these guys, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do because, you know, even though they have played for these big, big schools, it, there's just nothing like the SEC, and especially starting out in a place like, uh, like Globe Life Field is, is something else. It feels like a regional out there, and um, – I think they'll be able to hold, hold their own, but I'm, I'm just excited. 
Have you been to Globe Life? Yeah, you haven't played there. You guys were at uh, Minute Maid. We were we were Minute Maid, but Globe Life. I mean, every single time I watch the the Shriners Classic or whatever on um what whatever network it is, you know, I'm like, oh, that's one place that I would love to play. And you know, the we see that when I was there, it wasn't until I think the last year, the last two years, whatever it was. We were in these big preseason tournaments and now, you know, it's it's year after year after year. And it's such valuable experience to be playing in front of the crowd that's argued that's inevitably going to show up, especially for that Friday night game against Texas Tech um, in a big stadium. You know, there's just a different air to it and getting that out early, you know, getting the jitters out while you're still focusing super hard on playing. It's extremely valuable. And, and we'll also get a, a little taste of, of what these guys are made of. Yeah, kind of on that note, um, I feel like, and, and you know, being on a team for a couple of years, being a team leader, being a, a very big contributor, um, you've gone and played in these big-time tournaments to kick off the season, or really just starting the season in general. It feels like probably, you know, you just got all this pent-up adrenaline. You're just ready to go. As a player, how do you approach the start of the season? Because I feel like you want to stay calm. You want to stay cool, collected, but you're excited. You're pumped about going and playing in front of that crowd in an MLB stadium against a quality opponent in, in Texas Tech. And, you know, as the weekend goes on, some other good competitions. Um, how do you approach that as a player and then as a team leader? You know, what are those guys in the in the locker room saying kind of heading into this weekend? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to balance the, the whole mantra of, you know, we've been practicing for this. You just got to go play. But also with you know, this is really cool. So take it for what it is. We're playing at a major league park. We're going to be playing in front of a great crowd. Um, so it's balancing those two things. You can't hype yourself up too much and you can't play it down too much. Um, and so I think that's where, you know, these older guys with experience playing in it and in playing in Omaha and even bigger stages are going to say, hey, guys, you know, take it all in, have your moment, but then you got to reel it back in and you got to play ball. And and that's what you've been practicing for in the, in the grueling fall, you know, those 40 degree sleeting games that you play through and the, the scrimmages. So you just got to realize it's, it's what you've been practicing for and you can just go out there and play and you do you. So I was over at the stadium all last week and I was, I was watching those uh, scrimmages, the, the pizza series, as you guys call them. Mm-hmm. And I took detailed notes and I, I wanted to get a really, really good feel. And I've been over there and seen them a, a couple of times in the fall. And of course, a couple of times since they've been back, but I wanted to see kind of what it was going to look like for opening weekend. Um, tell me that pizza series, that last well three game series before the start of the regular season. How, what are the, what's the goal of that series, and how close? It's not going to be identical, but how close does that translate to 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 the first games of the season in terms of like being a a dress rehearsal and the starters and batting order and all that. So one thing that V's always preached, and as you get older, you realize it is. As you you almost you look at how the teams operate while they're playing this series, because you could treat it as another spring or fall scrimmage or whatever. And you go out, you kind of just sandbag it, do whatever, or you can go out and you can compete your, your butt off. And, you know, it's, it's really close games. You can tell people are super into it. And when the games are really competitive and you know that your players are into it that's telling of a good team that's telling of a a well-coached team that's telling of players that want to play the game just to to do it and also want to be the best version of themselves and so that's that's what the pizza series is all about it's that one last competition to get you going into the season also you know it's it's fun to say hi we beat you you know like (laughs) suck it um but yeah it's 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 more to 
to, to amp up the competition one more time before season and, and just uh, trying to iron out any kinks that you may have. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, I don't remember them specifically off the top of my head, but like, you know, beam pitched to the backouts, but AJ Russell, I believe pitched to the starters. Um, so it's not like it's true split down the middle and all that, but um, what's it say about obviously the competition and, and the camaraderie, but man, the backups took it to the quote unquote starters. I mean, starter salvaged that series on Sunday and a seven inning game, but I mean, you know, and like Cannon Peebles was on the backup team, but like he's going to play a ton. But I mean, the, the the quote unquote backups came to play. And I mean, I, you know, talking with some coaches over there, they are thrilled with how the weekend went. So that's almost what you want, because, you know, you can have players who have been around the block who have done really good things and they think, oh, you put us all together, watch out. And then you have, you know, the, the quote unquote backups come in and they say, hey, like we're coming for you, like yep. be on watch. And so it's that's all you want as a coach is competition. You never want people to feel like they have a spot. You never want them to feel comfortable because that's when they stop pushing. That's when they get get bad. And so that's the best thing for um, right before the season is for the starting team to get humbled a little bit. But, you know, it it'd be one thing if if the backups, you know, beat them 10 to zero every game, that'd be a little bit demoralizing. But, you know, if close games, they say, hey, maybe uh, we do need to step it up a little bit. It's, it's really good for the program. And it just shows the depth that Tennessee has, you know, and, and it gives them more confidence to the coach to be able to put people in um, whenever they need. So it's it's all good. Speaking of that depth, let's let's take and it's you know your former first baseman. Let's let's take first base as an example here. Last year, and you and I talked about it. I mean, they weren't going to bench Blake Burke, but he struggled at times, right? But there was no true backup first baseman. Whereas when you were there, Burke could come in and play first base if something happened to you. Last year, there was never a true backup first baseman. This year, you have Blake Burke, who's going to play, and he had a good end of the pizza series, and that's great to see. He's got so much just raw talent. We've talked about it so much. But you got Robin Villanueva, I believe is how you say his name, Villanueva, not Villanueva, like I've been saying it, Villanueva. <laughs> You've got Dalton Bargo who can play there. You've got uh, Stone Lawless who can play there. You've got a couple other guys. I mean, you you got you have true backup options at first base. And then you look around the horn, you got options all over the place. So I just, again, I think it's a testament to what you were talking about, how, you know, competition every single day. Credit to you know Tony Vitello and his staff for recruiting and and building the program where it is because that's what you want. You never want to be in a position where you truly have no other options where you can turn to a couple of guys and they can come in and play for you. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. And plus, yeah, even the the fact of just a plug and play, you know, offense or defense. You know, if if Burke, let's say, is just not having a good game, he's not into it. You know, you plug someone else in. Um, I'm also sure that they have you know other infielders around the horn that can just plug and play, and so. Having options is one of the the best things you can have. Um, of course, you like your mainstays. You know, halfway through the season, things will get settled down. But you know, one characteristic of of V or Tony Vitello team is no lineup is really the same through the first half of the season. Um, and and I'm sure he's he's feeling great that he has so many options too. Um, so again, yeah, just, it, competition options. It's it's all really good for uh, a team that wants to make another Omaha run. Yeah, the thing about baseball, I mean, you can see, and I wrote about it this week, you can see three different lineups for, you know, each of a three-game series, especially the beginning of the season. Like, you know, who's going to catch? Cannon Peebles, Cal Starks. Well, they're both going to catch. Cal's going to catch a ton this year. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Dalton Bargo's going to DH a ton. He'll play outfield a little bit. Robin Villanueva's going to play left field a little bit. He's going to play first base. I mean, it's, 
Uh, it, it's what you want to have. Shortstop, you lost Maui Ahuna, okay? Mm -hmm. And all offseason long, you're trying to figure out who's going to be your shortstop. And Christian Moore slid over there and, and played it and proved that he could do it in the fall and everything. But when everybody's healthy, he's still your second baseman. Right now, Tennessee's kind of limping at that position into the season in terms of injuries. You had Alex Perry that went down with a hamstring injury. He's back, but he's slowly working himself back in there. Ariel Antigua, who is going to likely be the starter, the true freshman, he's out for a couple of weeks of the thumb injury. Dean Curley, who was coming on strong, he's out with a hamstring injury. So as these guys work to get back to where they are, you know, Christian Moore the last couple of weeks has been getting every rep at shortstop, and he's probably going to be your starting shortstop to begin opening day. When you see, you were around Simo for one year, he was not an mm -hmm. everyday player, but you still saw the athleticism that he possessed. What about his skill set should give us confidence that he can play shortstop really well? Well, you know, I think that he's one of those guys that, like you said, he's extremely athletic. He will make the dazzling play, but also he was pretty good at a young age. I say young age, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> young to me. Um, at a younger age, you know, freshman, sophomore, at making the routine play. And I know that's what, uh, the infield coach would be what everyone is going to be preaching to him is that you don't need to make every play, but you do need to make the routine ones. Right. Um, but that's another good thing. You know, <clears throat> he's going to, he's not going to be Maui, but he's going to get to some balls where you're like, Oh, I didn't think he was going to get there, but he's, he's also, he's going to play well. He's a, got a strong arm. I think he'll do just fine. Again, he's got that big game experience. Um, he'll have to deal with a little bit more sense of urgency. Maybe, um, but no, I, I think he'll be just fine, especially if he's getting those reps. And then also when those guys do come back and he, if he stays there, if he slides over, um, I think it'll make everyone better because then you got a guys that are, who have been licking their chops to get out there um, and a guy that's already settled in. So it's, it's not the worst thing. Um, you never want to see people go down, especially hamstring thumb injuries. Those are kind of tough to, you know, really mentally overcome. Uh, but I think <clears throat> just the way that, that these, these guys compete, I think once they get back, they'll be full steam. Yeah, I, I don't think Simo will will have a problem at all playing shortstop. Yeah, I think uh, you know Tony Vitello did a radio interview in town um, early January, and he was asked about the shortstop position and everything. Asked about Christian Moore, and, and at the time you were healthy, and he's like, I don't think he'll be our starting shortstop, but he can certainly play it. You know, of course, as I mentioned, not very healthy there right now, but he's getting every single rep. And so it'll be interesting to see when, you know, those guys get healthy, kind of how they integrate those guys back in there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if Simo's off to the races playing super hot, maybe you don't move him. At this time for opening weekend, I think Bradkey Lowry is going to play second and Simo will be at short. Maybe they'll flip-flop some, but again, during the pizza series, Simo did not come off shortstop, so I thought that was pretty telling. Uh, a couple more questions here um, as we – Get you set for opening weekend, Tennessee and uh, Texas Tech and, and Oklahoma and Baylor. So looking forward to uh, seeing what the volunteers can do this weekend. Dylan Dryling, going to be an everyday player. Um, he looked really good in 95 at-bats last season, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the lineup every single day. What do you like about his game? Uh, a former pitcher that's got a really strong arm, super athletic, got a good bat uh, from the left side. I think Dylan Dryling could be one of those guys that truly breaks out at the top of the order for Tennessee this year. Yeah, well, the first thing is it's hard to be a freshman and come in and pinch it and get limited ABs, limited time, and come in and do what he did. It, it's If you got a guy that's not phased by a moment, especially that young, then you can rest easy because you know that when he does start, 
when he does get a bunch of playing time, he's going to be fine no matter what the situation is because he's been there. Uh, so that's the main thing that I like about his game is that he he has this composure as a young guy that you just don't see very often. Um, you can say he's got he's got the tools. He's got a really nice looking swing. Um, he's got a really good eye too. He uh, he gets on base, and I, I think everyone that watched the Vols play was saying, "I want to see this guy more." And now we're going to get more of him. I plays he plays a really solid defense too, like you said, good arm. Um, really good at, at, at tracking balls. So I, I like the way he's playing. And I think that he's going to do just fine in an SEC caliber um, team offense and schedule um, just with the composure that he has. All right. We won't know the answer to this truly, you know, for the first couple of weeks of the season, that's what I've been trying to tell everybody over on, at VolQuest. but you've got drew beam at the time of this mm-hmm. recording. I don't know the order. Maybe that time this airs, I'll know the order. And of course I'll let everybody know, but uh, Drew Beam is going to come off Sundays. He'll either pitch Friday mm-hmm. or Saturday. AJ Russell is going to pitch either Friday or Saturday. And AJ Russell looked phenomenal in the pizza series. Just really good. And then I think at this current standing, I think you're going to see Xander get a start. Now, all their pitch counts, you and I were talking about this earlier in the week, all their pitch counts are going to be relatively low because it's opening weekend. Mm-hmm. But I think Xander maybe a time or two through the order. Then you get a piggyback. Maybe that piggyback is Derek Schaefer. Maybe it's Matthew Dallas. Maybe it's you know Nate Sneed, AJ Causey. But at this time, I'm expecting Xander to get that third start against Baylor, and um, I'm uh, I'm interested to see what it looks like. I mean, Xander is a guy everybody likes him, clubhouse guy, he's a leader, and uh, I'm intrigued to see what he can do with this opportunity. Um, and, and maybe again, he runs with it. I think everybody's going to be rooting for him. What is? I mean, you faced him in the batters, but what, what does he bring? What is his strengths on the mound and stuff he'll look for this weekend? You know, he's just he's a funky at bat. He's got arms that I swear touch the ground when he's just standing there, you know, and and then he's got he's got his leg flying all the way up there. He's it's just it's not very comfortable. And I think you see that's why he has so much success. He also keeps you on your toes. He can flip in the breaking ball whenever he's got a good changeup. He's also got some zip on that fastball too that uh that he likes to play with um every once in a while. But you know, it's it's one of those guys that almost makes for a really good Sunday starter. Um, you know, it's it's not your typical three game series because you're playing different teams. But, you know, on that Sunday, everyone's going to be worn out. They're going to be banged up and, and they're going to be just grabbing whatever they can. You know, you got a guy that has um, a lot of experience. You got a guy that throws a lot of strikes. Um, it, it's the perfect combination for me to at least start the game on Sunday. Of course, you like him in the bullpen, too, in case you get in a jam. But. I think that they were going to platoon him anyways. I would say maybe three or four, like you were saying, and then get some other guys in. You know, I wouldn't expect to see more than five or six from Beam and, and Russell. That's about what it, it usually starts out with. Um, so we'll, we'll be able to see the whole staff and, and see what they got. Um, but, yeah, well, it'll be maybe like a, a tiny, teeny, tiny preview of how they're going to run the season, as in who's going to come in after the starter and then who might be closing the games. But, of course, you take everything – with these first couple series uh, with a grain of salt because, you know, people are still settling in. No doubt, man. No doubt. All right. As we say goodbye, tell me, I mean, I know that we're all excited to see what Tennessee can do, but what's specifically something you're going to be looking for this weekend? I mean, obviously you want to see Tennessee win, but what are you interested in seeing? Who are you interested in seeing? Tell me what's on the, on on the to-do list whenever you're watching these games. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll split it into two for this weekend. I'm really pumped about this, uh, this Texas tech, Tennessee game. You know, the last time we played Texas tech was back in 
21, I believe, in that Round Rock Invitational. You know, we beat them when they were the number one team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they have anyone that, that remembers that far back. I'm sure their coach does, though. So he's going to have a little something to play for. But also, you know, they got a, a contender for Golden Spikes and Gavin Cash. And just seeing what uh, what Beam's going to do against him and that core of that lineup. I think they're returning their two through five hitters who all had really good years last year. So um, I'm just I'm excited for that matchup. Um, and then just as far as the season goes, I'm excited to see how the juniors on the team deal with um, all the hype and the hubbub about, you know, where they're ranked or what the draft status is like, because that's that's a make or break for a player. If you can handle it, then you can go on and do great things. Uh, and then some people crumble. So um, I think it's a it's a couple good uh, good things to watch for. But yeah, this this Friday night game under the lights at Globe Life, I'm very excited for it. Couple of draft eligible sophomores as well. I believe Dylan Dryling is one of those yeah. guys. So of course, will be a big year for him. Luke, man, appreciate it as always. Can't wait to do this every single week. Uh, we'll talk again next week. We'll talk about what we saw. And, of course, look ahead to some midweeks and uh, uh, getting back to Lindsey Nelson Stadium for a long haul before SEC play. Yeah, well, I'm happy to be back. Awesome stuff as always from Luke Lipsius, former Tennessee first baseman and my co-host here on the porch. And I knew you guys would be intrigued and be pumped to listen to Luke because he was so fantastic last year. I am going to ask him sooner or later on the air or on this podcast, um, I retweet is back in the summer whenever his brother made his Major League Baseball debut, whenever he hit that home run, and and, and Bally Sports like went up with a microphone to the family, and Luke and his parents and girlfriend and everybody were there, and, and Luke took the mic and was just ecstatic, and I want to talk to him about that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go find that video somewhere. It was on Twitter over the summer. Um, some real good stuff there from my co-host, Luke Lipsius, and I'm going to ask him about it maybe next week on the show. So appreciate you guys for being here again. Tennessee against number 21, Texas Tech. That's going to be tomorrow night, Friday, 8 o'clock. Oklahoma comes on Saturday. It's going to be 8 o'clock, and then Baylor will be Sunday night, 7.30. Every game is going to be streamed on Flow Sports, but you can listen to a audio call from John Wilkerson. Won't be on radio, but an audio call will be streamed on the UT uh, Game Day app and at utsports.com follow the coverage all weekend long over at volquest.com we'll see what tennessee does in the shriners children's college showdown before coming back for a pair of midweeks against unc Asheville and etsu to begin this baseball season appreciate you guys as always as always a big thank you to our friends spivey king and spivey llp.com you got a problem let them find a solution for ut and trial lawyers a free consultation at 423 423- 245-4185 or Spivey King and Spivey LLP.com. More of the porch next week. We'll see what Tennessee does this weekend. Appreciate you guys for being here and listening to us here at ballplus.com.